Hi, it's Amu. And Zoe. And we're the hosts of the Mix of Nice podcast. Welcome back, everybody. May the odds be ever in your favour. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, so, the Hunger Games is a trilogy, and so is, apparently, our episodes on it. Because we're doing yet another Hunger Games episode, as we said earlier. Yeah, this all started out as, you know, one episode about the Hunger Games. And then it sort of evolved into so much more. Well, yeah, I the think thing we're... is, we're both a tad obsessed with it, so. But you know, I'm we glad got we got around three episode content out of this for all of you guys. Which reminds me of our other series that we sort of covered. Oh, right. Which is the Harry Potter series. And Going up strong was... with a plug in the second second that we had. Yeah. yeah. Go on, go on. So, I don't I don't This is this is how fifty percent promotion, fifty percent just a thought that came to my mind. <laughs> okay. Which was that all of our series have sort of an in depth element to it. Thus also coming to this episode's context, which is that well for the Harry Potter series some of you from Instagram might know that we went to the museum at the time yeah. that we were talking about it on the pod, which yes. is sort of perfect timing. Oh, okay. I see. I and see the same can be said this. about this series, yes. which, surprise, surprise, we did some extra work for uh, you guys. It was really yeah. tiring and <laughs> yeah, not, not really. <laughs> it was hard labor, but we... It was hard labor, but you know, too. everything for our listeners. We went <laughs> to see a movie. Exactly. Movie. We went to see the future Hunger Games movie, the one that fans will think about when they think Hunger Games movie. We went to see the Ballad of Songbirds and Sticks on the That's first right. day that we could see it. We could see it was the premiere for us and yes. premiere for for everyone who saw it because it's running in theaters as we right. speak now. Yes. Um, guys, go and watch it. It's premiering all over the world, I think, yes. by now, wherever well, by, you by live. Now, by the time you see this, it has premiered all over the world. It's in your local theatre, um, movie theatre. And I feel like I must bring the warning right now. Guys, this is your official spoiler warning. And the reason why I'm saying this so early into the episode because I can't recommend this film enough. Go watch it. And then go and listen to our episode because um because it's really good and you should watch it. <laughs> because it's a bonus. You get a three hour it was three hours, right? A two and a half hour a bit, cinematic yes. experience, which and was it's might seem it. long, but it's worth it. And at it's the so end engaging. the next day, after your thoughts have settled and you have yes. formulated an opinion. You can hear our thoughts. You exactly you can tune into our episode and just yes. see what is going on in their minds? Which we will yeah. find out soon enough. Because I think we both have, since we watched the movie together, yes, we both we sort of know what the yeah. opinion of the other person is. But we haven't done a deep dive um, exactly because of the reason that we knew that we we're doing an episode. and We don't want to spoil it. So we preserved our thoughts for you guys. Yes. So it's a fresh experience. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you know, this is... Um... When we went, just like while we were waiting for the cinema doors to open, um, 
I turned to him when I was, I went, you know, I really hope that every person who's just sitting here waiting um, to go in with us knows that we're going to be so obnoxious during this film. And I think we were. We were. We we had some really long conversations in the middle of it. It was really fun. We recommend it you to go watch it. And if you have and you're back right now, um, then... Go watch it with your yes. Hunger Games loving friends because yeah. I think it's If you don't worth... have them, go watch it alone. It's it's very worth it. If you don't love Either Hunger way. Games, what are you doing here? <laughs> no. If you don't like the Hunger Games, read it again. It's a really good book. Um, and so before, before we just jump into our review, I have two questions for you, Zoe, which I've I think it might be important for people who were just okay. about to stop, pause the listening, and go watch the film, um, which is exactly what is going to happen to a lot of you, we hope. Yes. Um, so hope. do you think... Or, alternatively, you all watch the film premiere, just like we did, <laughs> or here, on the first day. So this is part of your pre-watching questions you might have when you are wondering, and this might be the game changer or the answer to if you should go, which is yes. But Zoe, do you think um, is some sort of um, previous knowledge about the Hunger Games trilogy needed or specifically... Hmm previous knowledge of this book or per se okay. having read this book is that a requirement so no. if i go in well. to the cinema to watch this will i have absolutely no clue of what's happening if i haven't read okay. a the hunger games b the fourth book okay a the hunger games okay so i think that overall this movie can be enjoyed by even people who didn't even like haven't watched it i recommend reading or watching the previous story because um you kind of want to know and also it will kind of make the experience more special and interesting um the fourth book no i mean again i really like the book i think you should read it but this movie is incredibly true to the book um and it's really clear to know where the story is going, what's happening. It's really well done. So, no, we think that you shouldn't um, read the book just because you want to watch the movie. You can just watch the movie. That's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I think it's enjoyable. Maybe you would understand more sort of hints if you've read the series, especially if you've read and seen the series, which uh, I can't... Um, yeah, Amo hasn't like, seen to because I haven't the movies, watched the films, which is a crime yeah. because those movies are really good. They're actually really good movies, and rest assured, I will watch it with him. But that's for another day, and maybe another episode. Who knows? Maybe we'll do another Hamka Games episode because we don't have enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, go on, please. I just had to make sure that they knew that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's an important piece of information and I could completely follow along even though, yeah, I read the fourth book which, you know, helps you follow the storyline. But otherwise, I think it's very viewer-friendly in the sense that it's approachable for anyone and it's, it is such a gripping storyline that I felt, there's no I thought it was very needed. different um, than uh, Dune. This is a random comparison, but Dune is you just can't follow that 
film and I know for some reason people say that you can't I personally just I watched the movie and I couldn't follow it so I read the book and I was like oh okay it actually makes sense so okay from back yeah. there I couldn't follow along could you did you watch that movie I didn't watch it? the movie because I didn't read the book oh. and and I was and I didn't want to watch it without reading the book because I was like you know, firstly, I will be confused. Secondly, I will ruin parts of the story. So mm-hmm. there is still a book that has um, yet to be read. But, I, but, but I, my, my brother read it and he was really enthusiastic about it. He was like, it was a tough read. You have to invest yes. time in it, but it's worth it. Yeah, I agree. It is. So I will take him up on that, definitely. But did you... Okay, no nothing the new movie the second part of that one comes out soon i think we've seen the trailer exactly yeah yeah a lot of new movies coming out now yeah but um you should focus on the hunger games guys because that's the best one out right now or possibly the best one for sure um so this was your pre-watching bit if you haven't watched it yet it will be time to go get your tickets now, or if you already have yes. them, rush off to the cinema and watch <laughs> it. Um, and tune back in if you've um, watched the movie. Yeah. From this point on, we think that everyone watched the movie. We will be spoiling things. We won't. We will not be blamed for it. Um, we're back. Um, so right before before we go into our experience, well, we, we'll look through you know the cast and people who worked on it, and because this is not just a packed podcast, we will also be commenting on how we think they did, because we judge people. That's what we do. Yeah, try to judge nicely and in a less. I think I think we'll judge know, nicely this way because we like the movie. So. Definitely. Yeah. So a few facts, um, just to kick off our review. So the director of this movie is actually, um, I don't think it's it's a coincidence. It's most likely planned this way, but he's the director of all the Hunger Games movies. Shocker. Um. So, yeah, so I couldn't say coincidentally, he is the director for the Hunger Games movies. Yeah. And since I haven't seen the other ones, I couldn't recognize her style or anything. But I, I guess he did I sort think... of connect it to the other movies so that it had like a coherent image. As someone who watched right. the all the four mm-hmm. movies several times over, I definitely could the the directing um choices that he made the, the there was a lot of shots of um faces from like um looking up angles so you could see them like from down like face you know you know what I mean when it's like a shot it's like of the someone was filming them from above no from, from no you saw from them below. from below from below yeah right. um and. And it, there were a lot of shots that was just like just faces, which is I think um it happens a lot in the Hunger Games movie, like the, the original. Mm. Nice touch. I, I like yeah. it. 
And so he's Francis Lawrence, uh, because I haven't mentioned his name until now. And he is mostly known for The Hunger Games. Is um, Francis Lawrence related to Jennifer Lawrence? Could be possible, no. but... I, because that would be weird, because then she would have been cast. Yeah, that's him, that, right? yeah, that's my that's oh, my master. That would be sus. That would be very weird. Okay, I, know, like, I, don't, I don't. Two I don't seconds know. of research. Okay, parents. No, her parents are Gary Lawrence and Karen Lawrence. Yeah, but are like, let's see, related. Gary is similar to Francis. Okay, no, see. they don't look. I don't are know. you comparing? Okay, so if any. Okay, God, I'm gonna I am. it up. Okay, so if any of you have any information about no, this, maybe um, maybe we actually ask. Know. I think I can ask Google. Amo. Okay, so until Zoe's searching this for you guys, because you know we we like literally would have to pause this episode just to find out. So you, I would just li- no relation. Sum up. No, that's it. They're not. They're okay. not related. But they they work okay, together right. for so the Hunger Games no movie nepotism and there. Brad Sparrow. Okay, so maybe they were just like, yeah. I mean, Lawrence is a common name, so yeah, they're not. You know, they're not related. It, it is weird up. that they went work together on the movie that has been the most famous and successful for both their careers. But I guess you know right. the Lawrences who work together succeed together. Yeah. Moral of today's story. So yeah. just a short Work rundown of the cast who we have with here. with the person who has your name. My advice. Period. Yes. Oh, um, by the way, uh, at the end of the episode, are we doing like songs that remind us of the book slash the movie? Because I got a really good one. Sure, we can do that. This part is sure. So a quick rundown of the cast are the most important cast members. So we have protagonist mr snow tom blythe he plays president snow and he is the protagonist and we will have to discuss about him right um and we will have more to discuss on him later yeah we do not president president to be and then we have the other main character which is lucy Lucy gray bird 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 but just like a weird accent uh, who is played by Rachel Zegler, who is, for me, um, familiar from West Side Story, Same. but I think she plays in a lot of other movies yeah. people know. She's um, getting known right now. She had, right. she had a yeah. bit of controversy. Actually, I've seen her, like, recent, because she had a bit of controversy over um, the, the Snow White um film that they're making and actually I've seen like her recent videos and she actually seems very I love Rachel Zegler guys before we come I think she's a wonderful actress. <laughs> yeah that's her. that's what I want to say. So basically I really like her. I think she's great and I, I think, think she's super talented in so many yeah. um, name is also different really sweet, fields. Honestly. And she looks really sweet. Yes, I wish like, so fit for her now. role. Yes. Yeah. I watched like and so, so many maybe two more Two more memorable mentions would be Sejanus Plyth, who is um, a, a classmate of Snow's. He's a, yeah, and he's, he's, he's not yeah, their friend, he's as, he, by... as Snow says a lot of times. 
Yeah, well, you know, we could call him a friend, but spoiler alert. Sort of he's, stuff not, change. he's not. Well, um, depends on how you are with we'll your friend. See. You know? It all depends. Yeah. I've called. Yeah. Yeah. So he's Anyways. played by Josh Andres Rivera. And so I think they three are the biggest roles in the whole movie. Like, I've seen a lot of other um, rundowns of the actor, yeah. actors and actresses where the actor of or actress of Tigress is mentioned. But For I'm not reason. sure she's such a vital role for the narrative yeah and that is one thing i wanted to talk about it's later, very funny is... because if you watch the official account or stuff like there's so many videos and i mean she was great i don't know but but like there are a lot so of she, videos of she's her. Okay. um i don't know <laughs> no that's not what i meant you know i just mean she was okay kind i know of what you meant character. no i mean just mean like she was yeah. that big of a character i wasn't Exactly, like her uh, role yeah. isn't so important for the narrative. I didn't really like her acting choices, but I think she's a great. I mean, I don't know. I don't. Know. I, she's she's not really been in the movie that much. So, yeah, that's why it was always all these red carpet. Um, I mean, yeah, she deserves to be in the red carpet. She photos. She's like. I mean, obviously, she 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 was there really often. I'm just not sure if she was so according to the narrative but you know no hate towards her no no absolutely not okay do we have any more things to say about the people or do we want to move on to the film yeah, i mean those are the general facts everything else you yeah. can research for yourself because i don't think anything <laughs> you could else have also worth remembering yourself, by the way then you know we are yeah. giving handing you this information we are I feel lucky Right, um, so before we jump into our little personal opinions and stuff like that, okay. yeah. um, what is your general rating of the movie? I love this movie. I think it's clear by this point in the episode that I did. I don't know. I just think it was really good. I think I'd give it like an eight and a half out of ten. And I loved it. I just, like, the, you know, quote-unquote low rating is because it's not, like, the favorite movie. Like, it's not my favorite movie of all time. Exactly. It's not, it's not also, um, it's not even my, it's not my favorite movie out of the Hunger Games movies, I would say. So, but it's really good. Yeah, I would, I would actually, um, I was gonna say an A. But I will, I will, yeah. So, the reasoning behind my rating is very similar because it is, for me, a good movie is, first of all, plot, second of all, acting, and third of all, just the overall, and maybe third of all, cinematic. Yeah. And, you know, production. Like, two of, and maybe, like, Two and a half of these points were like five out of five stars amazing. And then there were some parts where, you know, there's always room for improvement. Um, but all in all, I think an eight is a very good review for me for a movie. Like if I would give a movie a 10, then it would would be surreal because I don't give anything a 10. 
you know, thank so, you for the best to come. I have one movie, I think, that I could just name off my top of my head that I think is perfection, and you, there is no line that you can change it, and that's great to carry the exam, Little Women. It's the only one I think that I can just... Oh my god, that is that is one of my that favorites, That is too. favorite movie of all time, I think. Same. I love, I love that movie. I love it so much. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so we liked it. So basically, just before we go into the book, um, in case you don't remember the story for some reason, I'm going to tell you. So this story follows Coraline Snow. Um, his friends call him Croyo. I'm going to call him Croyo as well. Um, who is just to be hip? Just to be hip. Just to be cool. No, no. just to not to have to say his full name every time. Um, and he is. He's a top student at his high school, basically, um, which is the best high school of the capital. Um, but he's really poor. The reason why he used he's a snow, which is a very prestigious name, and he he his family used to be really rich, but his father died in the um, uprising in District Twelve in the forest. This is important later on uh, and full circle moment yeah, it is it's a full circle moment but like 10 times if you count all the series so like he circles a lot guys he must be really dizzy by the end um like this is this is just to interject real quick this is the definition of like a finale of a actually not a finale a prequel which is this is, this is what's supposed to answer all of your questions that are left open. This is supposed this to be is the best. This is supposed to fill all read. the gaps, all the plot holes, and this is just bam, 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 one after another. You get your full circles or random. Yeah, up. and it's and so I if love, you before, are an expert, this will be a satisfying experience. Yeah, I. So I the thing is before this book come came out. This book came out in um twenty twenty, I think um during the pandemic there was a lot of discourse people were very um unsatisfied people were saying why are we getting you know people like some people thought it was a cash grab because um during the pandemic a lot of like um uh 2010s YA authors were writing prequels for their long finished series and a lot of people were thinking this is just another crash grab and then a lot of um like discourse about this book was why are we getting a story about justice which white man I'm quoting articles that I read about this um, people were like we don't need the pre like give us Hamish story give us Rue's story give us like a difference and this book I have to say is just so good and it's really interesting you really it's all the like people were just like saying this is going to be cheap this is gonna be a, a cash grab this is going to be just like boring story um and you know a lot of people were saying like we don't want to feel bad for snow well believe me you won't feel bad for him and this is I, the definition of a good people i think um so That's anyway snow yeah back to my story <laughs> which is suzanne um suzanne's story Design Collins' story, but I'm telling it right now. Um, so Snow is really poor, and they're hiding that, and he really, really needs a um to win the Plinth Prize, which is 
basically it's um what is it it's a it's a full ride to university and money it's a scholarship um and he really needs that because unless they get it they're going to lose their house he's gonna um, not be able to go to university his future will be ruined it's like really drastic stuff and basically they this is the 10th hunger games yeah and no one cares about the Hunger Games. Literally, no, no, no one cares. Snow would never watch it. People never watch it in the district. It's just this dreary drag that the capital, for some reason, sticks with. And this year, they decided to put out a spin on it and choose um, 24 of the best students in the best high school to be the mentors. The mentors, not the mentors. Of the tributes and they would make it kind of fun and snow gets chosen and he gets a girl from district 12 called lucy gray bed and lucy gray is really strange really nice she sings really beautifully she catches the crowd's eye and she wins a lot of um, people's hearts and basically uh, we see a bit of um setup for the story snow has some really good suggestions um, for how to make the Hunger Games more fun. He adds bats, they add food that they can send in. He adds like a fun, uh, he has this idea for making it like a fun reality show. They have, um, they, they do interviews with the, the tributes, yeah. And then um, Lucy Gray goes into the arena and just before this happens, um, there's an incident involving snakes. The, the, so, okay. So, who I forgot to tell you about is Dr. Gall. She is head game maker and she's also a crazy scientist, psychopath. And she has these special snakes that bite and kill everyone. Well, I don't know if they always kill everyone. They mostly do. Except those who they know their scent. Like, and, and she, she demonstrates this by dropping a paper that snow wrote and another classmate of snow's claimed to have also written and he, she drops it into the snake bulb then this other classmate reaches into and the snakes kill her and just before they go into the arena snow gives lucy gray some rat poison um which is cheating but it's it's a small way for her to kill people because she's not she's not that strong um i think and so she uses the poison a bit inside, and then at the end, Dr. Gall sends in her snakes, and they shoot, they kill everyone except Lucy Gray because Snow has dropped her scent into their feeding bowl. Lucy Gray wins, but Snow gets caught, and he gets um, sent to be a peacekeeper away to District 12. And to this district follows him Sejanus, who I haven't talked about yet, but I will now. Sejanus is Sejanus is a boy from District Twelve whose father got really rich and he basically bought his way up to the capital. And Sejanus has no friends. He's incredibly made fun of because he thinks that the Hunger Games are not a good idea and he thinks that the children shouldn't have to kill each other. Reasonable, but um we have but he is really ridiculous for that and he joins Snow, who's kind of his only friend, District twelve. Down in District twelve, 
Snow rejoins Lucy Gray, and Sejanus starts to plot a rebellion that doesn't really happen because Snow basically catches him, sends a message to Dr. Gore, and Sejanus gets killed. Snow also kills two people in like sort of combat, and then and then he's afraid that the rifle that he used will be caught. Um, and so basically, at the end of this whole thing, he and Lucy decide to run away. And before they do, um, they stop at the lake house, and Snow finds the rifle, and he realizes that he's actually not in danger because they won't find it. And then he realizes that he could go back. He has no witnesses except Lucy Gray. And so basically he goes out to forest and he he he's like going around yelling, Lucy, Lucy, you know, we won't I won't kill you. I just wanna talk. But he has a rifle in the hand. He shoots into the uh the trees. We hear hear a scream, but he never finds her body. It's a mystery. Um and he basically goes away, he goes back to the capital and he kills person who created the Hunger Games just for fun he gets money, he gets the um, scholarship and he goes on to become President Snow this is the story <laughs> so after that quite long recap we can I think go into the details without being out of context right so um, from well from my first question was uh, sort of connecting to the beginning where we start sure. in this elite school where he goes to. Um, and, you know, he meets the game maker and also the person who designed these games with his Who's father. Who's the dean as of really school, yeah, I that, that, that. Right. I left that so a lot, but he <laughs> this is, is so real. Okay. Well, yeah, thank God. <laughs> But he is uh, sort of in charge really of who gets this prize. Yes. Um, which is actually given by Sejanus's parents, but he's sort of the one who gets to decide. Um, and and I never really got it why he hated Snow that much. Like, what well, was? Um, do you want me to explain it, or what? Do what you was he holding against him? Do you want me to explain it? I, I don't have I... an answer. Okay. Um. So. Basically, so at the end of the the movie, we find out that the person who came up with the Hunger Games was him and um, Snow's dad because they got really drunk and it was an assignment. Came, come up with the worst punishment one could ever give. He came up with the Hunger Games, and Snow's father gave the put the suggestion in. It was a joke, but he because of Snow's father, this happened. And and basically, he hated the Hunger Games, the Dean. He had a really serious morphine addiction, even that because he was so he felt so much guilt. But beside the guilt, he also was really mad at Snow's dad, and he took it out on Snow, who looked at dad, finger for his dad. That's that's the answer. We find that out in the movie, though. Okay, because for me it was unclear because at the beginning he didn't really know that Snow was going to um, sort of make a bigger thing out of these Hunger Games. To me it was just a bit random, but maybe 
it was he already well, had like a hunch it, it's random until the end you understand it in the end but um it is clear that he hates him like it's kind of like a, oh my god this teacher of mine hates me way the thing that this this series that we talked about with that that is so good is that it's very funny and very juvenile and then it hits you that what's what they're talking about so this is kind of <laughs> again this is kind of a you know like every student has that one teacher who hates their guts a lot um only you know in snoke's case it's over a deathly game of children killing each other and in our case it's probably that you like we forgot to give an our hope or something um this is like a good example of that it's like you know, you find it relatable until you realize that it's not relatable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, maybe we could sort of zoom in on Snow a bit, because... Okay. He's Basker, Basker. a major character in this story. Yeah, he's, he's a main character. One, as, one aspect we talked a lot about um, corresponding to Snow's character is what is love to Snow? And because mm. I think up until yeah, sort of the end of end of the movie, we are sort of led to believe that this is a love story, or that this does have mm. a line that in the end, love does reunite good and bad, and in the end, you know, it is love that solves the problem. Yeah. And you know, in the very end, it turns out no, you know, it isn't that. I think isn't the golden solution. Hmm. But the question is. See, what I did don't it mean think. To snow? See, I think that this movie and the book has like a really good job of portraying someone who's who is evil and who's a psychopath to their core. And I feel like um, it's really clear that the love Snow has for Lucy Gray because they fall in love. I don't know if I mentioned that, but they do. Um, is it's very unhealthy. It's very controlling. It's very possessive. Um, even in because you know, even like at the beginning, it's her his tribute, and that morphs into like his girl who owes him so much, and it's like yeah, and who he sort of owns. Yes, basically, yeah. Um, that she owes him her love, and I don't know. I don't know if he loved her, but I think. The thing with Snow, overall, is he's such a master manipulator that he manipulates everyone in thinking that he's this golden cattle boy. Just and even the the viewers, I when we were watching the movie, there was this scene, and then at one point, Amu turns to me and goes, "Well, I think this is like a really interesting background story because you can see how he get evil, and you see that he's not always evil." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right." And then, and then, a few minutes later, there was this this scene. Um, th- there was a scene of um, Snow describing killing someone for the first time ever. And it's like this really emotional scene. And then he goes, "Killing, killing." Ah, uh, kill, he goes like killing him. It felt. And then the answer you're supposed like the word you think about as a viewer is like it felt frightening. It felt you know, awful, it felt like I'm not a human being, and the word he uses is, it felt powerful. And I feel like we just kind of looked at each other, and from that point on, for me, it was really clear 
that he's not a good person. And I mean that that shouldn't be ideally your reaction to having killed someone who like he isn't even at that point part of the Hunger Games. It was something he did out of self defense, but still it should yeah. leave some sort of emotional trauma or some bruise in him and the only thing killing I think killing for him is just really mindless he doesn't care he doesn't get affected he you know because um he kills every single person he kills in this book except like maybe one is not out of self-defense it's all it's all because he he just wants to and um it's the movie starts, the first thing we see with Snow is it's him and he's talking about how he has to win the prize. He's making sure he has a good t-shirt. He's making sure that his family's okay. He goes off to school. The second scene we see is his wa- he is walking with a classmate and the classmate goes, well, you know, today we, we get to know who get- wins the file, you know, the scholarship. We get to to discover it's going to be you congratulations and he goes no 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 i just want to serve the people and i feel like that's that's a really telling scene of where this this person is going because he you know he's lying obviously he's just manipulating people and um and later on um he we, we see the same thing where he just pretends to be like he says he pretends to be rich because it would make his life easier because you know he manipulates everyone like constantly. Yeah. I, like even well, shortly coming back to the yeah. No, you can complete. No, no, go on. Okay, so the to the question I said about the Lucy Gray storyline with him and Lucy Gray, I think what I recognize afterwards is sort of this you know, Stockholm Syndrome, which is like the person for Lucy. who keeps you... No, well, from Lucy's side, why she could fall in love yeah, with okay, him, yeah. exactly. Which is, you know, the person who, who like, keeps you away from danger or from being captivated or from death sort of becomes this person who turns into this romantic interest. And I don't think, even from Lucy's side, that she actually loved him. It was more of like um, she loved the potential freedom that he gave her, and he was mm. the symbol of freedom to her. And not... I think you're right, but I think it, and she I don't love think... him. I think she loved him. I think it was, but, but she didn't really know him. She was just like she loved him because he looked exactly like he acted exactly as a person who she would love. If that makes sense. Yeah, like the version that mm-hmm. of Snow that Lucy Gray saw and wanted to see was someone who she could love, and so she loved the imperfect version of him as well. Right. Um. So, but because going we're back, about I think, Snow being... I think, wait a minute. I think that Snow, he did love her. Um. I think it was just first of all, it was very twisted love, and also it was very secondary for him. It was like, you know, he had. It was more important for him to be prestige, to have the prestige, to have the power, to have the the potential that he wanted. And then you know, if Lucy Gray was there, well, I guess I guess we'll love her. But it was kind of it. 
you wouldn't it wasn't like real you know uh, this is something that's important for me in life love it was kind of like exactly this because is, I think this is a hobby I this have this is sort of yeah it's like a hobby I have you this know, is sort like, of what we talked about is with like his priorities or such a different yeah such a different ranking of priorities for him i mean i'm not saying for everyone love is the biggest priority but for him it's sort of irrational how his priorities are yeah. immoral it's, you know more, like, you know it's what's like power it's like it's just above everything for him yeah and you if, know you know he will do anything to get yeah. there you know it's like for me um it's like i passionately like write and i passionately read and i passionately do this podcast and then also i like to do embroidery but like if i wouldn't have to it's fine i'll get over it i'm not really passionate about it. it's just like a fun thing i do like for him that's lucy gray just like something that also <laughs> it's cute it's cute we have this outing one i think that's hilarious later on in the movie um because lucy gray She's in this um weird it's it's kind of a family. They call themselves the Covey. Um, they're just like this group of people who sing and dance and they live in the wild and they go on outings and stuff. Um and Snow goes with them on like a trip to the lake and it's absolutely hilarious to me. Like it's beautiful scenery. They jump into the lake, they watch a bird, they do stuff and snow hates it and it's so clear when he's like he hates nature he hates the water he doesn't his that's that's funny you say that because to me to me that was the only moment where they actually had the potential of something like for me it didn't come true as him being no it was disgusted by what's happening no to me it was very very down to earth very pure he had fun no, 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 he had fun, but with Lucy and stuff, like, the they had this conversation, but, like, the way that the, he just, this branches slap him on the face, and he has, he can't walk on the ground, and there's, like, whole, it's really, co- like, these comical scenes, and, and when Lucy Gray at one point, like, shows him a cat nest, which is, um, this fan potato sort of thing, fun fact, it's also Katniss's name, um, but it's it's this fan potato thing, and he's like so uninterested. And later on, when they um, when they try to escape and they go into the nature, he's also it's like they go. He tries to get a fishing rod, and it's so clear he doesn't even want to go on the rain. He just hates nature as it is. It's also really funny for me how um he also hates singing as well <laughs> and it you know what i mean right like he there's this it's interesting because for, for me like otherwise he would be a very cold character and he would be very very like this typical villain and the only soft part of him is what lucy gray brings into his life music and nature and the love of yeah but like being passionate yes for at the, the beginning arts. of the movie yeah. i do feel in those scenes Especially in the pub, or you know, when they're at the lake, he sort of those are the very rare scenes where he actually shares this passion for life. Yes, at the and beginning, I do feel he's very cold and disgusted by life. But those are just like those very small, yeah, okay. situations where See, he becomes human. In at my the opinion. beginning, yes, yeah, there are a few like wholesome scenes, 
But then the, what I mean is like at the end, before before he kills these people, he's sitting at a pub, staring in front of himself, and Lucy Gray's up there singing a song that he, she literally wrote about him. And she's like looking at him, smiling, and he's like staring in front of him. Then, like, so uninterested. You know what I mean? You know which scene I mean, right? He's so uninterested. Yeah, before he's he so unbothered. Lucy Gray's up there, yeah, singing her heart out. It's it's comical. It's really good. Um, yeah. yeah. But so after also, all of this, we forgot to mention because... the iconic, the best line in this book, movie. Snow lands on top. You know. Yeah, obviously, That's which is very iconic, very iconic and so very good. fitting. It's the to it's the major be ever in your favor of this book. I think. Exactly. Yeah. And so what I wanted to say, just uh, finishing off the snow part of our review, um, is, you know, Lucy Gray has this theory of all people or, or humans being born good. Yeah. And that everyone is born with this potential of being good. And do you think that applies, first of all, in general, and first of all, to snow? Do you think he was born evil? No. No, but he became evil before the beginning of this movie. I do believe that. Okay. So, I think he progressed more and more into being evil. I think he always had the potential of being evil. I'm not saying he was born with it, because I don't believe anyone is born with being evil. I sort of... Yeah. I could say I sort of believe in Lucy Gray's theory of everyone having the potential of being good and having... Yeah. Because, I mean... Yeah, why, why I do believe in that. Yeah, the potential of being good, but I think hardship of times and the situation he grew up with could, like, could have left him with a traumatic childhood. But that's one thing, you know. Having a traumatic childhood is one thing, but then, like, evolving into this very hateful and um, arrogant and like, you know power oriented person is another thing and I don't I think it's important not to make this yeah. link between yeah. these two because people very often explain like oh you know he had a traumatic childhood that explains everything no which could be partially true but I think the scene you just quoted for example about you know he said he was he thinks someone was felt powerful that is irrational that doesn't click with whatever he has behind him so I think that's why we always said he was such an interesting character and someone we could talk about for, you know, whole episodes. <laughs> yeah, we could. It's so it's so interesting. Yeah. It's so good. It's just And so oh, one more so important good. point yeah. which which actually you just mentioned, um like in corresponding to Lucy Gray, which is the Covey. Which is oh, yeah. such, which adds an amazing element yeah, of does. music. It's just something. Thing, it's just something I kind of there in previous that... Hunger Games. Yeah. Well, we had these songs. Well, this t- two songs, and then we there right. were a we few the, um, end song. credit songs that I count as Hunger Games songs because I really like them. I listen to them a lot. So I don't think you know them, but they're they're really good. You should. I'll send them to you if you want to. Um. But we had. The hanging tree, and we had under the willow, 
and there were important points to the to the story, but in this one, it's really vital. Go on. Now. And I think it's actually Rachel Zegra who brings in this musical element, or she's that's why she was so cast so well because she's, as far as I know, she is also an opera singer, and so. Or but I don't, know if, does, I don't uh, know if opera, but she's definitely a singer. I mean, she's incredible. And she's in musicals and everything, and so she brings this element of music, which lightens the muse of an otherwise dystopian novel slash film. Um, and it brings in such humanity and passion for art, and obviously she's like this beautifully, and did you it know? really it it puts the story in proportion for me. Yeah. Did you know that? She sang, she live like she sang li- live. Cause, you know, usually when it's a, I a know, movie, they I rec- know. yeah, and she sang it every time they recorded. She sang live. I know. And you know, I actually genuinely think that it's so because when you saw her on screen singing, her facial ex- expressions were so um realistic to the notes that she was hitting. And then when you realize it's like actually live and it's not just her acting, it's really good. It adds a lot, I think. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, I do think so. No, because um, usually, you know, you know, because like how in movies, um, which kind of annoys me because I'm not a singer, but I, <laughs> I had this like I have a te- I I had this singing teacher. Um, I'm not a singer. It's not, but. In you know movies when they like hit really high notes and they like sing really loudly and the actors or actresses who was supposed to be singing on screen is just like moving their um, lips just very slightly and it's like really high note and they're just moving their lips really slightly so they look pretty but it's very unrealistic. I love that Rachel Zegler did not do that because it's too good. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think I have a suggestion. You know, she, she. Yeah. Yes. No, no, you, you say it because mine's kind of blocked. Okay, so just I wanted to say one more thing about the copy, mm-hmm. which is like, I think that's sort of the silver lining of the 12th district, at least, is that you know, everyone in the 12th is working in, well, is doing hard physical labor every day, and it's such a dark place otherwise. And then they break this, you know, silver lining, this ray of sunlight into the district and also in a way into Snow's life which you know he then makes disappear but that's another thing yeah so there there is a official um doesn't I can't I'm sorry I'm just, uh, I have to find it. So the, here's the official soundtrack. I'm going to go through the songs and we're just going to really quickly say what we thought about it. What we think. Wait, there's actually like vinyls of this. Cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I want a vinyl. I'm not going to get it. So we have... Do you have a record player? No, yeah. But I will get I just can't find okay. it. Um, you know that. Um, so I'm gonna go through. So first of all, the ending, like the ending song, is by Olivia Rodrigo. It's called "Can't Catch Me Now." Have you heard the song? Um, 
Yeah, like, yeah, I've heard before because it was like a single she released also. Yeah. So yeah. What do you think? I think it is very capturing what this film is about. I think this is the song that is representing the bad of songbirds and snakes. Um, so it is the main song of the movie. Yeah. I think it's really good. Um, I liked it. Okay. The Hanging Tree, Rachel Zegler's version. <laughs> uh, so, basically, we had this song before on the original Hunger Games, um, Jennifer Lawrence sang it. And in this movie, we have the same song, but it's sung differently. So, she kind of she kind of gave it a little bit of a twist. I'm not I'm not sure if she gave it <laughs> the twist, but but someone did on set, and it's and it's really interesting that she did that. What do you think? Which song? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just talking about how um they changed the hanging tree song. What do you think about that? Oh, I think it's nice because you know it's it, it has become more a significant song. Like previously, it was I know because I you know I saw clips of it being more just you know a melody, and now it became a full fledged song, mm-hmm. um, which made it more meaning. And you know everyone recognizes it; everyone still recognizes it, um, because you know the lyrics lyrics are the same. So. I I was actually welcoming the new version of it. I, like I think it, yeah. it gave it more meaning. Yes. Okay, so yeah. we have a song called Nothing You Can Take From Me. She sings it twice. She sings it once when they reap her and then she sings it once in the pub. But basically the first time she ends up with screaming, you can kiss me. And the other one, she sings it all the way. What do we think about the song? Like, what do we yeah. think about it? I think I think the, the arc movie. of the song is very interesting because the first time, as you mentioned, it is like an a, attack and a and like you know screw yeah. at the capital, and later it's a more thought through. You know, she survived the Hunger Games. She is it is behind her, and it's more yeah. of a memoriam to. Mm-hmm what has conspired and it's still it's the same song but it can be it can have so many different meanings and it shows how much she she still shares the same sentiment and she still the message is still the same she's still against it she's still you know part of rebelling against what's happening but it is more matured version of Hmm. what she felt before very true I found the first version incredibly funny. <laughs> like when she's speaking to the mic, so good. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. And yeah, it's a good song. It's cute. Um, then we have then we have the ballad of Lucy Gray. But this is the song that she sings on Life's a Vision. Um, which is kind of it's a story about her. It's cute. I don't know. I didn't really pay attention to it. What do you think? I mean, it. It. I don't think the song had such big uh, meaning because it was more about 
no, perform live television, not what she what she sang, but why she was. No, singing. actually, this was like um, the the song that she sang about um, what's his name, Billy Tobe. I think oh, the the lover she left in District Twelve. Yeah. Well, it, right. This is a, it's, I mean, this, this is, is the one, the song that caught the crowds. Yeah, this is a really fun way to um to tell a story without actually being boring. So it's it's you know it's like really cool. It's a song, so you swap and without there. without being pathetic and you yes. know just sentimental, it's just um um a memento. Yeah. So there are. We have a few more songs. There's um, the old there before slash singing at snakes, which is the song that she sings in the arena. It's cute. I think we can skip it. Um, she sings, and then there's another original song, "Pure as the Driven Snow." She shouldn't have written this song. Right. This is this is her love song to snow. Yeah, snow. This is like Why, the climax Lucy? of their relationship. Lucy deserves beautiful that. song, by the way. It's really good. Um, I listened to this and song this is like a while ago. And an antithesis okay. to what I just said about her not really loving him, because this is something that sort of claims her love to him. Yeah, which is questionable again, but it is your um, decision how to interpret this one. Yep. Um, and so, and then they perform a few songs that's not original to this movie and they pref- and um we have the ballad the just like the song Lucy Gray. I think I don't think this is an original song. I don't think either. So you get the gist of it. There are quite yeah. a few there are, yeah. um there are folk original songs, songs by, Rachel her, Zegler's, um, by her. Rachel Zegler's accent. I'm not sure what accent is supposed to be, but it's really it's really well done. I mean I don't know, I was sort of put off because sometimes I really completely, for- I think, I'm not sure if she, like, there was a, uh, it was in her contract that she had to do this accent because sometimes I had the impression that she sort of forgot to do it and then sometimes <laughs> she did it. And it wasn't cre- clear to me, is this supposed to be a Cockney accent? Is this supposed to be, like, working class? Like, what? I think it's like, what uh, is the, the background I like the, or the class? I know. I found I mean, that bit I'm off th- I'm talking about the know, songs. Like something I'm gonna. I'm talking about the songs when she sang. Just to be clear. I thought you meant her accent. No, yeah, but she did it while singing as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, because in yeah. the speech, the speech part, some of it was good, and then some of it was just a bit too much. She was like, "Mama was." Agreed. Like. Yeah. She had this speech at the when she was at the zoo, and she was she had this she was speaking to the cameras, and she was like, um, and she and she was like, the, you know, the, the, me, wait, um, me frogs so uh, important for me because my mama was uh, it, it sounded like really comical. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of comical, a part that I immensely enjoyed is uh, oh, how do you call Being it? Being an absolute delight. He, he was, but he was, <laughs> he was, um, he was the um, how do you say it? the? You know, he he was just like, like he was just giving like the yeah, that's it. He was giving a play. Yes, he was giving a play by play on live television of the Hunger Games, and because most of it was really boring, most of the time they just hid. He did magic tricks, and you know, at some point, because they all anticipated the Hunger Games to end in like a day, 
but now there were places to hide and they didn't on the day. And so he had to cancel reservations. He did magic tricks and he just shoot people off as their tribute died. And it's really, it's really good. It's hilarious. I and think that sort of brings bring us to one more thing that I like, which is like the two sidedness of the narrative, which yeah. in the other like the books you don't really get to see because it's always from Watch Katniss' the perspective. Movies. And here you get again the double Watch side the element, which is. <laughs> Um, if if uh, for those who watch the movies and realize that this is in fact something that also happens in the first movies, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Amu, Amu apparently, Amu hasn't watched the movies. This, yeah. No, I know, I know it's there. I just wanted to give it a mention. Yes. What's your favorite scene? Oh wait a minute! Just before we go into that, I want to highlight that I love the interviews and like the when we saw the live television because it's so funny and it's um I really like that on the original movie as well and in the book actually what's your favorite scene okay so one of my favorites has to be the reaping because that is where we get okay. introduced iconic. and that is where we have the iconic um both snow bow, and boat bow. um she does Exactly. And she sings this song and you know then she says, Well you can kiss my ass. Really and funny. it and it just leaves a mark and that is right after that he goes, Well, you know, I'm screwed. She's like a horrible um competitor because she's physically not fit, um and doesn't have a lot of potential in the Hunger Games, but you know, turns out maybe mm-hmm. not. Yeah. So I think that was a very important scene. Yeah. Um, I like that. My favorite scene, both from the movie and the book, um, definitely has to be the ending. Um, when Snow goes out and he he he's trying to catch. Uh, wait a minute. He's trying to catch the. Well, he's trying to get Lucy Gray to kill her. I love that scene. It's my favorite scene, both in the movie and the book. It's so good. It's iconic. Hello. Hello, guys. <clears throat> Hello, guys. Editing Zoe here. Um, I did not think of this but the time we um, recorded the podcast, but I do think of this now. Uh, so, you know how... It's kind of a mystery at the end whether Lucy Gray dies or not, and I just had this wild thought. Well, actually, <laughs> someone had this wild thought. I saw this. This is a theory I saw it on the internet. But um, what if she survived and she got to District Thirteen and became President Coin in the third movie, uh, book, both? Wouldn't that be wild? <laughs> like. I can't remember if the I I can't remember if that makes sense with the time. Well, I'm get I guess it would make sense somehow. I don't know. I don't know if it's likely, but that would be wild, wouldn't it? Anyway, go enjoy the episode now. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I I also forgot to mention about the reaping scene that she puts yeah. a snake. Oh yeah. Into this girl's the mayor's daughter's dress. 
and it just shows like you know she's got some tricks up her sleeve she is sly she she has yeah she has a fighting chance she does uh it's, so it's really funny how in the end um we, so in the end there's a scene when lucy gray discovers um that snow kills janus and she basically wants to run away um to tell on him and he goes he says he goes like you can go out of the cabin it's raining and lucy's like i'm not made of sugar and i think that's like supposed to be like and that's that's the sentence that makes snow realize she's actually a snake and it's it's really funny because you know um Snow's supposed so the thing is that the battle song with the snake, the snake is snow, and the songbird is supposed to be Lucy. The songbird is Lucy. But, but if you change, yes, but if but it also works both ways because the people who think like capital thinks that snow is the songbird, and snow at the end thinks that Lucy is a snake. So right. I thought that was very cute. And and <laughs> he finds she leaves him a snake, and they bite him in such a jump scare <laughs> in the movie. We just jumped. right that was that, that was, was very funny. Fun. Yeah, because scene. we were just really immersed in the story, watching, watching, and then the snake jumps out, and we just um jumped out. It was yeah. really funny. And um, so finally, what do you think about? the movie cinematically because we said that was an important aspect I think it was really good I think it was really well done I think um, maybe the only critic uh, there was a scene when the arena was bombed and we see like a lot of mist and loose grey just running in slow motion like to save snow and I thought that was a bit much <laughs> to be honest yeah I think in general, it was um, it had good like there was. I saw that there were there was a, a like an an image that they sort of wanted to conjure us up with the colors with the, for yeah. example, especially in the room of um, the game maker who had like this spectacular outfit always and you know this very extravagant character. Sometimes you know there was. It lacked like that super artistic element, but it I think it served the purpose of what this film is supposed to be and what this film is supposed to tell us. Because if it would be too artistic, this is focused on the plot, on the action, so to say, and yeah. not on the cinematic aspect of it, which is totally understandable. And it would be a mixed up values <laughs> if <laughs> it would be you differently. You know, because it's a mixed up podcast. Exactly. Like, for example, to show the other part, like, with Sanders, certain films are cinematically, mm -hmm. like, amazing. You know, I, I could hardly find anything better cinematically. But the plot isn't that big because the focus is on the visuals. Yeah. And here, I wouldn't say it's the complete opposite, but it serves well. It serves the plot. It does. It helps it tell the story, and that is the purpose in the end. Agreed. So, do you have any songs that you feel that represent this book and they are not You Can't Catch Me Now by Olivia Rodrigo? Maybe yeah, her name uh, like that. I, thought, I don't you know. know. Rodrigo. Rodrigo, right. Um, 
So I thought, you know, the the musical part is given, so we don't look for songs. <laughs> okay. But I would think about them. What do you have? I have Gory and Go and Glow by Lord. Lord. It's a Lord, wouldn't it? Mm, okay. Do you know that song? Lord. Lord. <laughs> I know Lord. I don't know that song. <laughs> it's really good. It, I think it's like one of uh, my favorite Lord song is um Ribs. Do you know that one? Is it their most most known? I no, think? that's Royals. I know it's like the... Okay, yeah, I know that one. You don't know Ribs? Okay. Anyways, if you're interested, DM us. We'll send you the songs. <laughs> you're so... <laughs> Dismiss well, I'm not interested if you are. No, um, yeah, well, Gore, no, it's a really good song, too. and there is just um line in it that goes that's like glory and gore go hand in hand, that's why we're making headlines. And you can try to take us, but victory is contagious. I'm gonna send well, a song to that you. is so much. I'm gonna send it, okay. yeah, and. Until we upload this episode, listen, I will yeah. think of the song, a song, Thank you. and I will write it in the description, okay. or maybe put it as the music of the episode. Because okay. if you follow us on Instagram, which you definitely should, you, should. you will Especially find for this song. the song yeah. of last but time anyway. link in the episode. And Zoe, could you tell us where our Instagram is? Yeah, our Instagram is at Mix of Fast Podcast. Kind of on the nose, but right. Exactly. Um, and you can also email us and everything else. It's in our link tree. It's everywhere. We stream on several streaming platforms. You can find us from so Spotify to to, to countless other places, including oh, the online okay. version of Spotify where you don't have to pay for it. So, oh my god, I found the lyric. Don't be shy to was, tune in. I found the lyric that I was trying to reference earlier because the other lyrics is also from Goring Gore, but here's the the one. Okay, so let let me uh, read it off. Okay, um, so there's a humming in the restless summer birds. That's this is just my my add-in, and we're slipping off the course that we prepared, as in food, as in hunger. I'm just adding my commentary. So, but in all chaos, there is calculation, dropping glasses just to hit them break. You're drinking like the world's gonna end. It didn't. Took a shiner from the fist of your best friend. Go figure. It's clear someone's gotta go. We mean it, but we promise we're not mean. And then, and then, and then it goes, and the cry goes out. They lose their mind for us and how it plays out. And now we're in the ring and we're coming for blood. Oh, you could try and take us, but we're the gladiators. Everyone's a rager, but secretly the savers. And then, here we go. Glory and gore go hand in hand. That's why we're making headlines. Oh, you could try and take us, but victory is contagious. And, yeah. I think it's really fitting for this one. I want... I send you the songs, and you have to listen to them, and it's not even... Okay. Assignment understood. Anyways, your assignment, other than reading Lexman's book, the sounds very yeah. teacher-like, but uh, is to go check out our social media and you'll follow us. Also on Spotify, where you can give us a five-star review. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. And 
send us a voicemail if you have any further thoughts. Yeah, please. This was so much fun. And if you like the special episode on a movie, don't forget to tell us because then we'll do more. If you don't like her, don't tell us yeah. and then we'll do more. Thank <laughs> you.